Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, what's up? It's Rich, and I'm back possibly from the future or not or flushing queens like the nanny anyway this is btc 2.0 episode number 21 and we talked to chris condon chris was nice enough to come back after being the first guest on my show he was like hey this guy ain't too bad to talk to and he's back again uh we're talking about that texas blood out from image comics the new story arc began with issue number seven issue number eight is out this week from image go pick it up and check out this interview Guys, welcome to the show once again, Chris Condon. Chris, thank you, man. What's up? Uh, not much. Thank you for having me, Rich. I appreciate uh, you asking me to come back. I'm happy to be back. Dude, that was that was my first episode of this new iteration of the show. Uh, this is episode 21. So I think that's like a little bit of a milestone. The last time we talked to each other was like five months ago. Um, yeah. So what have you been doing for the last five months? <laughs> Uh, just, you know, mm-hmm. living, trying to get through the uh, ongoing pandemic. And, you know, I, I've i been writing a lot. Uh, I, I think I may have mentioned this at some point to you, but I, I was last year I wrote a novel and mm-hmm. I'm sort of now sort of like wrestling with, like, okay, am I actually going to do this? And I, I, you know, I have a manager now. So I talked to my manager about it and he liked it, which mm-hmm. gave me a little bit more faith in the project so i've been working on that mostly and also texas blood um working on the script for a christmas uh story we're planning on doing i originally had a different idea and i ended up i re i wrote it a long time ago because actually mm-hmm. i had it planned for 2020 so it was going to be issue seven that was going to be issue seven it was going to be this christmas story and then i reread it and I, I didn't like it as much after a year mm-hmm. and so i think i'm going to approach it a different way but I think it, the new approach is basically more it's since we're doing seven through 12 and it's essentially like a Joe Bob story. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do, I thought it'd be fun to have it be issue 13, which is also funny. <laughs> issue 13 is going to be a Christmas uh, issue, but uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to almost have it be a sort of kind of epilogue. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. really deal with that, but it's uh, it's, you know, set in the past again and it, it's a Christmas story, but that, that kind of closes I, out the story. I love that because that lends itself to so much fun going towards the future, you know, because it seems like you can take this book like you, you and Jacob could take this book like anywhere, you know, you can do future, you can do past, you can do Mm -hmm. um, like the, the way, way past. I think we kind of got a hint of that in the the newspaper clipping in issue seven, which was uh, mm-hmm. one of the supplementals. I got to compliment you guys. It was very, I was telling my wife before, it's very hard. I think after reading issue seven, several times to not do like a, like a Chris Farley show type thing, talking to you, you know, or I'm like, Oh, and then this <laughs> part, dude. And then that part, but solid man. Like, I think, you know, from my perspective, like you and Jacob, like certainly stepped it up with the second part of this, you know? Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's this is feeding into a larger thing that I want to do with the series. But, you know, mm. like you said, I mean, I, I feel like people were a little hesitant with our series through mm. one through six because issue one's like a one shot. And, and from issue one, I remember people going like, where are they going to go from here? And, you know, and then we introduced the, the second story, well, the, the first real story arc in issue two. And people were, you know, were like, oh, is this where this is going? And then obviously with issue seven, we're mm -hmm. introducing a whole new thing. So, yeah. I mean, and that's something exciting for me that I want to do mm -hmm. is that I don't want it to always be the same thing over and over again. You know, just sort of, mm -hmm. it, it, it tells Joe Bob's story like, and like story of the county, but it mm -hmm. also is just, you know, I want to tell contained stories. I've always been a big fan of the Mignola Hellboy universe. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's always been a big influence on me and just you know kind of how he does like he could do a, a three-parter a five-parter you know a one-shot it doesn't matter mm -hmm. it all adds up to the life he's creating for Hellboy and, and the universe and so I'm so, I sort of take hints from that um, and also I guess you know I've always mentioned Stephen King as an influence Stephen King's definitely a big influence with mm -hmm. the Dark Tower universe um, yeah, so I mean that's that's and the exciting thing for me. I mean, Jacob and I have talked about what you're talking about, the, mm -hmm. the distant past. And I don't think that would make it into like a Texas Blood straight off book, but it, it would be like a spin-off or something, I'm mm -hmm. sure. And so we we've like talked about it, and I think what we want to do is we want to do three full uh volumes before we even entertain that idea. That's uh, awesome. Just to see, make sure people actually like us. <laughs> so so how far out you know like how far out have you planned what's coming next because like you seem like a guy who's um very on top of it you know like you're not like wrestling for it, it to me it doesn't seem like you're wrestling against a deadline you know it seems like you have like x y and yeah. z that you're looking forward to yeah i mean the only thing that i'm working on a deadline now is the christmas issue and that's only because i decided to rewrite it Okay. Um, but I, I have the idea in my mind, so I'd, all I got to do is write it. But mm -hmm. I mean, I did. I have the whole of the title of that Texas Blood laid out before me. Like I know where everything's going, and I know why we're introducing certain things in this story mm -hmm. arc because it's going to tie in later to things that are going to happen, you know. And I pretty much have everything mapped out till I, we say issue thirty, but it could be thirty-one, thirty-two. I don't know when. I mean, I would like mm -hmm. it to be a nice round number, like thirty, but we'll see um i mean this story arc was only supposed to be five issues and it's it turned out to be six i was mm -hmm. i was cramming too much into the final issue and i said you know i'm just going to do an extra issue oh that's always um, when i was scripting so so sometimes it you know you find that you need to push things because i i was mm -hmm. sort of like i was i was like i could cram everything into this issue but then it's like moving way too fast and I'm like, but that's, I feel like the reason why people like our book is the pace. And oh, yeah. that's the thing. Of, and it's that Texas pace. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to let it breathe. Mm -hmm. And if it's too slow for some people, it's too slow for some people. But I felt like it fit, fit the the world that we have and the, the comic that we're creating. So that's why I did, you know, that's why I ended up putting it six issues instead of five. So, yeah, I mean, that's always better. You don't want to like. I think it, I think if you have stuff to say, you might as well say it as opposed to regretting it like later on, you know. So like yeah. the extra issue that 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 that's awesome. Um, so talk to me about this new story arc. Uh, I I kind of want to have like a little bit of a tandem question statement where 
Sure. I want to start with that letters column. That letters column, um, your introduction to the new story arc, I found, you know, very endearing because I feel like I was in the same boat as you are growing up, you know, where mm-hmm. I didn't have cable growing up. So a lot of the stuff I watched and a lot of stuff that influenced my sense of humor and sensibilities was just stuff from like the 40s and 50s, you know, yeah. and, you know, talk to me a little bit about that and how that kind of plays into, you know, the like the you mentioned like these TV shows that weren't very well made, but still grabbed your attention also, you know? And I like the introduction of, um, of the private detective in this too. Mm -hmm. So let, let's kind of go into that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was raised with, you know, red skeleton comedy bits. Uh, the, I, we had the Ed Sullivan on tape, you know yeah. so we had the old ed sullivan show with like the beatles and like credence clearwater revival and all that so uh, that was like the later stuff but like you know i mean i don't even know why but i think i mean my parents are were older when i was born my dad was 53 when i was born my dad is 82 currently sure yeah. um totally got it. my <laughs> mom yeah and like and i like i don't want to say that we grew up poor but we didn't grow up rich and right. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have a bad childhood. I got pretty much everything I wanted mm. aside from that motorized Jeep that I always wanted. Put it on the Christmas list every year. <laughs> Listen, never got it. I never got a, uh, I never got <laughs> one of those either. So we're so far, we're in the same boat. Like I always wanted one of those too, but I did get a yeah. 18 big wheel, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I, it just, I, I think that essentially my parents gave me the childhood that I would have had if I'd grown up in the seventies, you know, like, cause okay. that's when they were, that's when they were really in their childbearing years, mm-hmm. really. I mean, if you, if you look at like all their contemporaries, when they had children, yeah. they were about their age in the seventies. Um, and then my parents waited until, you know, my mom was in her late forties and my dad was in his fifties. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of introduced to the things that they grew up with, which was, you know, uh, Howdy Doody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, Mon Pot Kettle and all these, you know, classic things. But I mean, uh, also part of that was, you know, being uh, my mom didn't allow us to watch like R-rated movies when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and I kind of like that because mm. it, it added a mystique to them that I, they may not have otherwise had for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I definitely, like, she told us the stories of them, though, which was okay. kind of fun. So she would tell us about, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and, like, she she would tell us it was, like, the most horrifying thing she ever saw. Uh-huh. And, like, that, she I don't even think she tells the story of that one, but, like, that right there was enough to, like, hook me, and I was just like, hmm? You gotta see this, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so, yeah. And then so that kind of fed into this whole mm-hmm. thing with, you know, the classic TV movies and, you know, how I'd seek those out. And, and you know, I just sort of I always was seeking out the older stuff because I had always been introduced to it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, watching, you know, Kolchak, the Night Stalker and all that, which is going to mention influence on. Yeah. I was going to mention that it's, with uh, with the P.I. because I straight Kolchak vibes. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if I, I write him with, you know, Darren McGavin's voice in my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's very, he, he started off basically as like just Kolchak. And then uh-huh. it, Jacob has definitely put his spin on the look. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. <laughs> and which I, which I love. And 
also, I mean, I, you know, I made him a PI instead of a journalist and, mm. uh, you know, and I, I don't think that he's exactly Kolchak, which is obviously good because that would be a copyright infringement. <laughs> right, right, but, right. Um, but yeah, I, it was definitely an influence on the, on the story and, and the tone and, and on that character as well. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it definitely, all this sort of stuff kind of was just in a big pot boiling and, yeah. uh, that's kind of how I came up with the story arc. It was just all this. I wanted to play with that, you know, mm. and to go back in the Joe Bob's past, and um, which I'd always wanted to do. I'd always had the idea. I mean, in issue one, we have that paper, newspaper clipping. Yes. On the wall. That's so, such a good in, though, you know, like having the newspaper clippings and also like the Kolchak thing is not on the nose at all. You know, but like I, I, I picked up on that because, like I said, we I feel like that's something we had in common where it's like, oh, I grew up with this stuff. So I know yeah, who this is. Now, let me ask you, did when you were a kid, did you guys pick up those uh, those like three for a dollar VHSs of like old stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my All my like the house I grew up in and my grandmother's house. Also, it was like every Sunday we'd go out and then my mom would invariably get like cassettes of like laughing and just mm -hmm. three stooges and like older stuff like that you know so like i, I feel like I, I definitely see where you're coming from with this stuff and i think it's like it's it's very it's extremely well written because you're not imagining something that you don't have experience watching you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely i you know i mean It's 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 an interesting thing to to work on because it's mm. I I also feel like it's just that what you were just talking about is also it was like a very '90s thing right because yeah. it was like it was like a very late '80s '90s thing where it was like VHS was this thing mm -hmm. and so it was sort of the birth of this uh, you know I guess you could sit home and just watch whatever <laughs> um, and yeah I guess that's sort of I it's a distillation of my childhood is, mm -hmm. is this, uh, arc and, you know, and to roll that into our, you know, hard boiled, you know, dark pulpy story yeah. makes it interesting. Cause it's almost like, what if Cormac McCarthy wrote cold check, you know? And okay. so it's like a kind of a fun thing to kind of think about. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't go out and say that I'm going to write like Cormac McCarthy because I can't write like Cormac McCarthy. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, he's Cormac McCarthy. Um, but you know, it's, it's sort of fun to, to funnel those things through uh -huh. obviously my, you know, 30 year old brain and you know, all that, but it's just, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It seems like it. Also, oh, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, no, I may no, that's have. good. I don't know. That's fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Also, kind of like I, I, I like your statement. It also kind of feels like it hurts a little bit to be Cormac McCarthy. You know, like do you really yeah. want to? Do you really want to put yourself in there and and be the guy who wrote like Prime Meridian? You know, <laughs> like, Blood Meridian. But yeah, Blood Meridian. Yeah, sorry, tough stuff. Um, so. Uh, eight eight should be out this week. I know uh, my buddy at at the my LCS is having troubles with his distributor, so like I'm hoping to get a copy, um, and, and yeah, and chat about it for like the supplemental stuff on this. Um, so, are you gonna be at New York Comic Con this year? I know we chat we chatted about this last time, but now the the doors are open. You know, I don't know. I okay. don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, I might, I, the thing is that I have a, um, 
mundane, you know, real life thing. I have a wedding like that weekend. Your wedding or somebody else's to. wedding? No, no, no. no. <laughs> my cousins. Um, but then like the week after that, I'm going to, it's like for a week, I'm supposed to be going to the UK. I don't know if that's going to keep, you know, if that's actually going to happen or not. Yeah. Still, um, they basically were like, we'll, we'll buy your ticket. And, and that was the reason why I had to say yes. Well, A, it's yeah. the UK. Right. B, it was all expenses paid. So I was like, I kind of have to go, you know, uh, and I haven't met Jacob, per, you know, in person. So it was like, oh, wow. OK, I don't know. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, there's a lot, you know, going into it, aside from just the fact that I was invited to a convention. Um, That's Thought Bubble, right? It, it's an, no, no, no. It's uh, it's the Lakes Art Arts Festival. OK. Um, and I. I mean, it was, I've just never, I've never left the U.S. Mm. This is one thing. And I've never met Jacob, you know, it was the first invitation, you know, invitation to a comic. Convention. That was, felt great. Um, yeah, I, it really did. I mean, it felt really cool. And it was like an obvious yes, but obviously there's that, you know, COVID thing in the back of your mind. It's just like, oh, I hope it happens. Mm. You know, and with, with this whole uptick of, you know, cases, I don't know if it's going to happen, but fingers yeah. crossed. I'm, I'm still planning on it but yeah whether i'm going to new york comic-con i would hope so um i just haven't uh, pulled the trigger and actually bought the ticket yet yeah yeah um, i think it's it's very yeah. much uh it's it's a topic for debate because i know as much as as safe as they want to make it i feel like it's still kind of like eh, i don't know you know because everybody mean, yeah. knows how how rough and tumble it could be you know you know i mean <laughs> here's the thing is like my my cousin just flew out from california he's he's mm. a firefighter he's very much like i'm wearing my mask all the time yeah i mean not not in and around us because we were all vaccinated but you know when we went out we would always <laughs> wear masks and I, i'm that way too yeah, yeah, yeah. um and I, I mean and my argument is real simple it's just that i didn't get a cold or a flu last year at all mm -hmm. or this year either so i'm like you know what I'm just going to keep doing it. Yep. Same <laughs> <'Cause> here. <laughs> I don't know. I like not being sick. So, same here. Same um, here. yeah. So, you know, he came out and visited and I even actually flew out to Texas when issue seven came out. Awesome. And, uh, my, my friends there out in West Texas, I visited because I haven't been back there in a while, obviously. Mm. And this is where the comic is set. And I wanted to, you know, touch base again with, with the people and with the world. And, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, we, we, when we were around other people, we were outside and when we were inside, it was just us and we were vaccinated. So I felt comfortable, mm -hmm. but you know, going on the plane, that was like iffy, you know, just cause the, I mean, you would assume, oh, there'd be like spaces between seats and but now like, mm -hmm. they just packed everybody in like normal. Everybody just had to wear their mask. But you know, yeah. I was like on the way out there, I was sitting next to a guy I was just coughing the entire time. And I'm like, this is not what you want to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. It did, like you, you um, kind of get like it's a very heightened sense of like uh alarm, I guess, you know, like even it, it's weird, you know, like we're living in a weird time right now, even like weirder than last year, I think. Anyway, so when you're writing that <laughs> Texas blood <laughs> or when you're writing in general, uh sure. again, let's go back to issue seven. So are you listening to anything while you're writing at all? Like, are you, do you have any musical influences with your work at all? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that I have uh, musical influences so much. I, I, I came up with the, the playlist pretty early on. 
Okay. And I wouldn't listen to it so much as I wrote, but as like, I would just drive around the town, mm. you know, and especially, you know, obviously COVID, it became sort of more of a habit to just drive around. So it helped me get out of my house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would listen to the playlists, A, because I'm curating it and trying to like pare it down and make it good. And I hope people like this one. Mm. I felt like it was a nice balance of like country and 80s. I don't know yeah, if you yeah. listen to it, but um so I listened to that and, you know, some of the songs on there, especially um, sometimes I'll just listen to a song mm. over and over again. But honestly, while I write, I, I have, I have a pretty good record collection and uh, oh, nice. I listen to a lot of talking heads and very I listen cool. to oddly enough, a lot of ACDC. Like it, they're, they're like a weird uh, pump me up kind of music that I enjoy while I'm writing. There's nothing wrong it's, with ACDC at all. <laughs> no, I feel like I, I, I tweeted about them uh, maybe like last year when I got uh, Highway to Hell on vinyl. Uh-huh. And I, I, just, I just watched just like, it's, it seemed like every tweet that I had that day was like massively popular. And then I tweeted about ACDC and it was like, nobody talked. And I was like, what's wrong with ACDC? And I kind of feel like they, they do, they have that sort of, uh, roller coaster yeah effect a little bit especially now i i don't like so much post uh bon scott stuff i like the early okay stuff mostly um i i just feel like they got a little bit too much like a uh, arena rock for me okay i like that i would love to see i would love to have a time machine so i can go back in time and just go see acdc at a bar in australia you know like uh, that would be a wild that time. would be that would be great. Like that's the, that's the ACD said. Like this bluesy rock and roll, just mm-hmm. like guys who were just playing rock and roll because they love rock and roll. You know, that's that's what I like about them. And they're just and they're very like honest. You know, yeah. they're not they're not the best musicians, but they just love what they do. And I feel like that is why I like them. So yeah, I mean, I listen to that, um, and then just you know a lot of country music. I listen to a lot of country music. Towns Van Sant. A lot of Towns Van Sant, a awesome. lot of John Prine, um, Terry Allen, a lot of Terry Allen. I actually proved my Texas bona fides when I was in Texas. Guy asked me, what's that one Terry Allen tune? Because somebody mentioned Joe Bob. Mm. You know, the character's name is Joe Bob. They introduced me. Oh, this guy writes a comic called That Texas Blood. And this guy goes, what's that Terry Allen tune? And I was like, uh, the, 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 the great Joe Bob is the name of the song. That's awesome. Uh and so, so I was able to prove my my Texas bona fides by naming a Terry Allen tune. Um, but yeah, no, I, that mm. stuff kind of it helps me get in the mood of writing the uh, the the town and the county and and the people, you know, because yeah. you're getting the twang in your in your ears while you're while you're writing. Yeah, it's putting you know. it's putting you in the it's putting you in the location. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna go so see? That's, uh, that's definitely an influence, though. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Where gonna, are you going to? Are you going to go see uh, David Byrne? I so funny story. My girlfriend actually, like in the height of COVID, when they came back on sale, she got me tickets to the first day back uh-huh. uh, for my birthday. So in January, she got me those. Um. So yeah. So we're going to go see David Byrne again, hypothetically, fingers crossed. Mm. Um. I don't know how they're going to do that. I guess maybe they will do like you know vaccine cards or something to prove that you're vaccinated. But either way, I'm excited to go see David Byrne. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. Are you? Are you doing the New York date? Yeah. Yeah. My uh, that's December first, I think. My cousin picked up tickets with the intention of taking my wife, uh, not stealing my wife, but because my wife's a huge David Byrne fan. Uh, and he, 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 the other day he was like, he was like, dude, like I got, they really emailed me saying that the show is December 1st, which is, which happens to be his birthday and oh, also our anniversary. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, well, I, the tickets, I think that we have is since September, Okay. but they may have pushed it back to December. I don't know, but yeah, whatever. check it out, man. That's, that's I'm funny. just happy to go. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i hear i mean like a lot of this like like my wife's and i taste differ a little bit so like a lot of stuff that she'll be like oh, i'll go to that i'm like hey you know like she went to see the who a couple of years ago and i'm like hey who doesn't do it for me um you know that's weird because i'm not a big who fan either like i can appreciate them but i i don't i don't own any who albums i mm. barely listen to them never got into them when i was you know younger and i don't know just they they and i never really got into pink floyd either same here same here there's like a bunch of stuff where i'm like eh, like aerosmith i never much cared for aerosmith yeah you know there's yeah, just stuff fine that I... you know that that's the same thing with me i mean when i was a kid like i was super in uh, and like i s- still think they're fun but like mm. they're not good and it's kiss <laughs> i was very into kiss yeah kiss... Um, <laughs> go ahead kiss sucks no yeah. um yeah no i mean i just i think it was just the makeup and everything uh you know and obviously just rock and roll when you're a kid you don't care no you don't care about the artist artistry of it you know no not at <laughs> the all craft of it you just you like it because it's like singing about like forbidden things and you're like oh rock and roll all right they're like you movie know? monsters i think that was like the big appeal but listen strutter's a great and they song. had a marvel comic yeah yeah for sure they had like a bunch of stuff they had like i think they had the oversized marvel books too um but like Strutter's a great song. I'm not defending Kiss in any way, but I, I like a few of their songs. My wife and I get into an argument about uh, Kiss and the New York Dolls because of <laughs> just how much they kind of stole from the New York Dolls, you know? And my yeah. argument is always like- And well, the Stones. And the Stones. But my argument and is like- the Kinks. Yes. Yes, Gene absolutely. Simmons stole his voice mm-hmm. from Dave Davies. Yes, absolutely. They stole from everybody. Um, yeah. But my argument is also like, well, New York Dolls never wrote Strutter, which is a pretty excellent song, you know, as <laughs> dumb, as dumb as Kiss yeah. is, you know, I feel like I've been asking they people are... about Kiss lately too. So it's funny you brought it up. There's, there's a really funny, I, I, I don't like Gene Simmons. I want to, I want to get that out there. I don't sure, like sure. Gene Simmons. I think he likes um, Gene Simmons. But, <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. He, like he's kind of entertaining to watch though. in like this weird, like car crash way. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he, there's a very funny, I don't mean to, use up our whole 30 minutes talking this is great <laughs> we can go over i'm fine going over yeah, yeah. but um it, there's a story of him somebody asked him about what is the song deuce about and he just looks at them and goes i have no idea yeah and the, like that is like the perfect encapsulation of gene simmons is that he doesn't have any idea what the song that he wrote it's like mm. one of the most popular songs that he wrote is about um but peter chris the drummer mm. from kiss um i actually met him at a convention okay uh and he had just survived breast cancer which oh is, my god you know it's it's a thing that men are afflicted with as well but it's yeah. just not talked about and uh i said you know i just want to say congrats on you know 
kicking cancer's ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him my mom was a cancer survivor. And he just immediately got up, went around the table and just gave me a big hug. And he's like, send that to your mom. And I was like, this is like the best dude ever, you know? And that's like what oh, conventions are great for too, you know? But yeah. yeah. The, he Like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley suck because they're always shooting. I like always get like, in the Twitter feed, I'll like see something about them like talking shit about Ace Freely and Peter Grace. I'm like, these yeah. guys can go, you know, jump off a bridge. <laughs> not really, but well, yeah, no, I, but I just like I don't. I'm not a fan of you know throwing down the people that got you where you are. You know, no. Well, that that doc we watched the uh, the AMC. I think it was AMC or Annie that they did like, yeah, a, yeah, like yeah. a two part kiss documentary. And most of that documentary is both is Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons taking a huge dump on ace freely and um and peter chris which is whatever it was yeah. a very entertaining documentary again like kiss is like a weird like you said kiss is like a weird car wreck i personally like i'm cool with them but i they're not that great you know they're not the be all end oh, no. of rock and roll you know no i would say that they they are not good they're not good but i i, I enjoy listening to them from time to time like it's fun it's yeah. like a fun nostalgia thing Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I will I will hands down. I usually will not say this about like art and things like that. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not good, but I will say that Kiss is not good. Okay. Um most of the time. You know. Um there's like a few things that I would mm. say like arguably that like they sort of surpass and that that's mostly with Peter Chris and Ace Freely. Mm. Like New York Groove, good okay. pop song. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? That's on the Ace Freely solo album. So there you go. No Gene Simmons uh, input on that. There I assume. you go. Yeah. Aside from maybe playing his instrument. Um, oh. But yeah, anyway. Destroyer, if, if you're into vinyl, Destroyer is a good vinyl, though. That is a good vinyl to have. <laughs> I um, don't have it. I'll, I'll have to look into it. You can get it for like 10 bucks somewhere or cheaper than that, probably. But that, it's <laughs> yeah. a it's a good vinyl because the cover is so iconic and there's tons of that that album has all the good kiss songs on it for the most part yeah. you know so and that that's a fun one to have again not defending kiss but in a weird way i might be uh, just a little just in like a weird uh, i feel like we're way. simultaneously like shitting on them and also like putting them on a pedestal so that sounds um, pretty cool are you uh are you collecting anything now comics or anything more let's let's skew I mean, more I towards comics everything. and yeah i yeah i mean i you know i i come from that mindset of just like collecting everything you know i got i collect okay. uh they have i don't know why i have been getting these but neca has these king kong action figures that they've been yeah. doing and i have every single one even though they're all exactly the same um they just all come with different like uh you know mm-hmm. accompaniments uh one of them comes with like a club and one of them comes with like the, the chains i just i literally got every single one of them like i don't know why so they they have like minor differences and like paint and stuff like that but i you know i collect those uh-huh. I have tons of Blu-rays. I've eaten tons of books just everywhere. I have a lot of like old, I, I like paperbacks, the old like 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. sci-fi paperbacks, especially. Um, also pulp stuff, like detective stuff. So, and I mean, obviously comics. It, it all kind of stems from that same like comics mindset of like, you know, I gotta, you know, when they go dig through the dollar bins or whatever and like find gold um it kind of stemmed from there probably i don't know where it started but it was you know that and yeah i don't know i I do just collect a ton of crap i just a lot of it's like good crap though but it's just a lot of crap my girlfriend gets a little antsy but (laughs) but it's i love it it's great stuff 
I mean, I, I have a lot of uh, movie posters and stuff too. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's my main problem is that I spend my money on stuff like that. And, you know, it's good stuff, but it's just like, it can get pricey. No, I hear you. I haven't, a, I haven't spent problem, like yeah. an exorbitant amount, but, um, but yeah, lots yeah. of stuff. No, that's a, it's a good problem. I think, do you guys live together? We don't yet. We are going to be mm-hmm. moving in together soon. Yeah. That's, that's in the only September, time. So soon. Oh, congrats. Uh, that's the only time I think when it gets like, you need to curb it a little bit, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I got like, <laughs> like we we've lived together for like over 10 years. And like, I think if, if I think if I wasn't with my wife and just lived by myself, I'd be, I, I would be covered and surrounded by just boxes and boxes of stuff, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and the exorbitant <laughs> amount of stuff. Like I, I remember uh, I, have a, I have a friend too, who's like a huge collector and his girlfriend moved in with him. And then like two weeks later, she was like, I got to move out. Like, it's just, it's just Funkos and statues that are unopened and like all this stuff, yeah. you know? But I think that's like, that comes with the territory, you know? Like if you grew up a comic fan for some reason and it's not, I don't consider it like, what's the word? I don't consider it like a, like a, like a spoiled thing. It's just like this, this mindset of like, Oh, you know, I'm really into this. I kind of want to get that like poster and like, yeah, you know, like I love Boris Karloff flicks. I'm going to get like this German Frankenstein poster, you know, which was like mm-hmm. you know, stuff that I would get, you know, like back in the day or whatever. But now it's like, I, I agree with you. It's kind of like, you got to curate yourself because there's so much stuff yeah. out there. I, I've definitely gotten better at it. By the way, you mentioned Boris Karloff. I'm looking at the Frankenstein figure I have over here too, which a friend actually sent me. Oh, right from on. St. Louis, but um, not St. Louis. Why did I say St. Louis? Kansas City. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely cut things down. I st- I still collect an awful lot of comic books. I, yeah, yeah. I go mostly every week if I can. I I've mm-hmm. tried to cut it down even from there. Then when I go like every other week now, just because I'm like, if I don't see it every week, answer mm-hmm. probably won't buy everything I see that I want. Um, but yeah, I mean. There's there's just something in our brains that that clicked very early on that you know and I I'm this way with even when I would go to Target like I always walk down the toy aisle even oh, if sure. I don't buy anything, um, which is really funny in recent days because you'll always just see like some guy like walking out with like 15 packages of yeah. like something. <laughs> Apparently, my my roommate, my best friend since I was like five, he's he collects wrestling action figures okay. and he takes photos of them on Instagram, and um, he said that apparently the new thing is that somebody has been stealing the heads off of the lebron james toys for space jam oh wow and they're selling them for like exorbitant amounts of money on ebay and i'm like who's buying them yeah because he's real. like if there's like if there's actually money in it like that's wrong first mm. of all because this is just like who would be buying these toys except for a kid like come on you know yeah and yeah. that's that's like partially like why i'm like kind of against that whole thing like that that stuff is wrong to me like the reselling thing where they just yeah. go into like a target and buy all the toys like it's like i went to the store and i saw like the mandalorian stuff yeah. and i i bought i bought like a bunch of it because i was like I, I like these you know i took them out of package like they're on oh, a yeah. shelf um so like, i'm i'm definitely of that mind where you know if i see something and i want it, like i'll get it but i'm not i'm not a fan of the whole that i remember when they like right before indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull came out which is a stinker of a movie and mm. i defended it for far too long and then i rewatched <laughs> it again and i was like wow that really is not good 
Mm-hmm. Um, excited for the fifth one. Maybe they can, you know, right sure. the, the ship. But um, th- they came out with a bunch of figures, you know, three, three quarter inch, um, like the Star Wars toys. And I literally went to the Toys R Us, like, as they opened. And mm. there was another guy there, and like a man who was like probably like 45, 50 years old, just yeah. literally buying all of them and like trying to take them out of my hands. And I'm like, dude, oh I'm my like, God. I don't know, like 15 or something. Like, I was even a little old to be buying all these, but I was like, you know, come on let me go let me have my fun it gets Um, i feel like that effed it up for like um like collector not like different kinds of collectors like like, my brother's a good example my brother's 52 he collects a lot of stuff you know but like he takes everything out of the package sets it up and all that and like for the life of him i don't know how many angry texts he sent me about not being able to find those new gi joe figures you know oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. get scooped up like nobody's business at like target walmart what have you you know yeah no yeah i that's not the secondary market is ruining a lot of the mm. collecting for me i mean and my my roommate is also dealing with that problem you know because yeah. even he he was trying to get the new sergeant slaughter toy uh-huh. right and so he was like ready like as soon as it launched online he was you know he was there to pre-order and it was gone in like seconds. Yeah, dude. You know, and it's just because people have bots that they make, you know, so that they can just order, you know, however many they can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's weird. I I was into like the Mondo stuff for a minute. I've sort of yeah. graduated from that to actually just owning original one sheets because I decided that those were more my taste anyway. But I mean, I used to really be into the Mondo stuff, and I almost feel like the hunt was as much of the the joy of it as actually owning them. Oh yeah, I mean, they're sure. great pieces of art. Don't get me wrong, um, but I, the, the hunt was like a big part of it because mm. like the first one that I tried to get was the Laurent Duro Jaws poster, which is fantastic. Mm. Very cool. And I didn't get that one, but I got the ET one. But I had both of them in my cart, mm. you know. And so I got this Mike Mitchell ET one, and I was like, ah, oh, but I w- could have wish I could have gotten that Jaws one. And the Jaws one goes for like four thousand dollars now on eBay. Oh wow, <laughs> you know. So, and that's like, that's the, it kind of saps a little bit of the fun out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely makes the things like very, like, you know, valuable, obviously, but it's, it, it sort of saps the fun out of it, I feel like. Yeah, I think, uh, with, from my perspective, I feel the same way about that. You know, like sometimes, like, I'll give in and I'll find somebody who's kind of willing to work with you on price, depending on like what figure I want, you know, like yeah. if it's like a weird Marvel legend or whatever. But, I'm also of the mindset. Is that what like, you collect? Uh, every so often, you know, like right now, um, I again, I try to curate my stuff, but like I've been really into the Storm Collectibles figures, you know, like, mm. uh, and those figures are beautiful, you know, but the thing with them is like the Mortal Kombat, this is a weird thing, like the Mortal Kombat figures that they put out will double and triple in price within six months, you know, so <laughs> it's like, Oh, shit do i should i take this out of the box should i gotten two of them but they're like gorgeous gorgeous fully poseable yeah. like amazing figures you know they have like they have like they have like uh like midsection rib joints also so you can do like really nutty poses with them um but that's pretty much it and then like besides like silver age fantastic fours or like silver age thors you know like i try to limit it maybe some a mezco um star wars legos which in the last couple of years mm-hmm. has been like huge, you know, between I don't know like, if you could see it. 
uh, it's it's the Apollo Eleven. Oh, dude, that's Saturn awesome. Five <laughs> rocket. So I mean, I don't get Legos as much anymore, but I every once in a while I'll get myself one and splurge. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Man, they are fun. They're fun to put together. So they're so much fun, man. Like I got uh I got a Millennium Falcon like waiting to be put together. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, you gotta find the time. But yeah, like it's 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 interesting too. Like the collector's market is fascinating because it's not only like like 15 year olds, you know, working their first job and like saving money or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like at this point, it's like people well into like their 50s and 60s because they grew up with I want to say, I'm going to blame Star Wars, but they grew up with like the original collectibles, you know, yeah. like Star Wars, $6 million man, Mego figures, and all that stuff is coming back now. So it's kind of creating like this frenzy, this all ages frenzy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, it, I mean, it definitely is making this frenzy. I it, like, I mean, I literally just, like I said, I'll be going down like the target aisle and like, I'll grab one mm -hmm. of those. I, I like those little like simple, basic Marvel figures that they've been putting out. Yeah uh they're they're like not poseable at all they just move their arms up and down and they're the like, classic more uh, forearm yeah. swivel I, i've been getting those whenever i see them like i got a daredevil like i'm a big hulk i for some reason mm -hmm. there's like random characters that I, I just collect like every single thing of them and yeah. the hulk is one of them king kong is one of them um i like big hulking things that just destroy things i guess really would kind of yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a pattern there <laughs> uh, i have an anger problem no uh yeah no i but yeah i got the i got hulk and i got a few other things but you know I, it's like they just disappear so quickly because i'm like are people just buying them up and just selling them like i don't know like it's it's so strange to me and like the wrestling stuff is like the, the fact that my roommate collects this stuff like more than i do is really what's opened my eyes to it uh -huh. even more just like the re the resellability if that's a word, the resale value of these things is like crazy. It's astronomical, yeah. you know, and this whole Sergeant Slaughter thing is like a perfect example. Like I, I even like, cause he like texted us in me and my other room and we have like a group chat as you do. And he texted us and was like, ah, missed out on Slaughter. And I, I looked it up on eBay and it was already going for like over a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's nuts. And I'm like, so you literally bought this thing that somebody wants to enjoy just so you can try to get a few more shekels out of them and i'm like oh like come on man let them have the foot like let them have the joy like i i was at a um a, a, not to keep going off on these tangents no no, no it's fine <laughs> you had me on here to talk about issue seven and we're talking about collecting but no. um i went with a room uh, a roommate a friend of mine uh he's a big comic collector as well yeah. he found somebody on facebook who used to own a comic shop on long island mm-hmm and he said, do you want to come with me and, you know, take a look at what they got? The, their garage is just filled with comics. And I was like, yeah, I want to go. So we went to this person's house and they're disabled and, they're, you know, they, they really can't run their comic book shop mm -hmm. anymore. So they were just really happy to get rid of it. Um, and like, this is, this is even from a friend of mine. So like, he was like, I found a signed copy of a Mignola Hulk cover. Oh, wow. Signed by Mignola. And he was like, ah, oh. and I was like, here, take it. Like, it's like, like, you're going to enjoy it more than me. I have a Mignola signature in my collection. Like, I don't need another one. Yeah, take yeah. it. You know, like, so I, for me, it's like, I, I want people to enjoy this stuff as much as I want to own it. I mean, I, I, 
I was a, a little cousin of mine is into like Ninja Turtles toys, and I was going to sell all my old ones for cash because mm. you know they're, they're worth a little bit of money. A couple they of are. Toys. And uh, you know, but he was into them, so I was like, you know, let me let me throw them in a bag and bring them over. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that to me is like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like this battle, like this internal battle of like, do I, you know, try to profit off of this or do I just, you know, give it to somebody who's actually going to enjoy it? And I, I feel like nine times out of 10, I'm going to say, give it to somebody who's going to enjoy it, like personally, um, just because I know that that's, A, it's something that I would appreciate if somebody did for me. Right. And B, it's just like, they are going to enjoy it, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's my sensible. I think it's also the uh, I think that's also the the plight of the modern comic book nerd, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what do I do with this stuff? You know, like some like some sometimes you just gotta let it go. Like when we got married, I had um, you remember those bone statues, like yes. the like those twelve inch like dude. I had so many in my apartment, and at one point I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna sell ninety five percent of these, and it it helped pay for so much of the wedding that it was like, all right, cool. You know, yeah. like it did somebody's getting joy out of this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I ended up selling like a bunch of stuff to like people overseas, you know, that couldn't get yeah. access to like certain com- couple of the exclusives I had. So that kind of made me feel good. You know, I had like these figures that were just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. Like I remember I had a, uh, I had an abominable Dr. Fibes figure that I got in, was like a Migo style thing or? Yeah, it was, I forgot the name of the company. I think it was called like Majestic Toys or something like that, but it was a low run Migo style 12 inch Dr. Fives figure. We got it in San Diego. I paid maybe like 40 bucks for it. You know, like I'm a huge Vincent Price fan and it was just sitting on the shelf. I never took it out of the box. I put it on eBay. Some dude in Germany was like, Hey man, I'm going to give you $600 for this. If you could ship it to me right now. Like I've been looking for this figure for like years and years i was like dude you got it no problem sent me like a nice thank you letter and like he sent me a picture he like he opened it up he paid 600 bucks for it opened it up sent me a picture of it i was like dude that's awesome so like that kind of thing is like yeah we both won you know where i got to sell him this thing i got to help pay for my wedding he got joy out of not seeing this thing. Yeah. And i think there's like there's something to be said about that in the comic book community you know well, I think that's part of the community. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like there are, there are those sharks though out there, you know, there are sharks that are just, you know, flooding the waters. Yeah. Who are just, um, give me the money, give me the money. I don't care. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It, it's, it's also like that double-edged sort of like, again, it's like the, the hunt is part of the fun. Right. Oh, yeah. So if you 100%. don't get it, like it's fine, but you know, you'd like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Collecting is collecting is it's a weird thing it's it's it is a, just a hobby in its own right just mm. collecting oh, just yeah. collecting you just know? collecting uh, but so. i think there's also a psychosis with it too you know there's like a slight <laughs> yeah it could go too far i think it sometimes it goes too Absolutely. far you know where it's like i know people who need to like scoop like every single thing up plus every variant plus and you like i see it in the comic store every week i'm sure you do too like that guy who has to buy like two of every variant you know yeah like, i see people with piles like this big yeah and it's yeah, like, like in my head i'm like, like yeah exactly and in, in my head i'm like guys are not gonna be worth anything like there's a rarely rarely you're gonna find something that's worth something you know um and it's yeah like, i i actually just wonder why things wind up being worth the amount of like there is the mm-hmm. something is killing the children yeah uh, was going for like a ton of money i'm like why is yep. that going for so much money but so much other stuff is not like i just don't understand like the like how it became mm-hmm. so valuable 
personally. Um, not that I'm not knocking <laughs> that series at all. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, you know, why is that? And same thing with that Stray Dog series. Like, yes. apparently those variants are going for so much money. Like, why is yes. that going for so much money, but other things are not? I don't have an answer, but I, I definitely talk about this. I think it's the with like friends and like people who work at the store I go to, I think it's the, the pandemic screwed people up in a weird way where a lot of that stuff came out during lockdown, not stray dogs, I think was the beginning of the year, but something's killing children was coming out during lockdown. And I think people were so hungry to get new books and hot books and that it exploded and it got optioned. And I think uh, James Tinian just won the Eisner this week. So I think those prices are going to go even like, higher you know and it was also a yeah. book that nobody paid attention to when it came out yeah you know uh even the uh which one of the things that was mind-blowing is like do you do do you do previews at all or have you done previews yeah so when that book came out um the the technically the first appearance of the character was in the previews insert right and at one point that insert was going for like 200 bucks you know from like a year and a half ago maybe did that yeah. come out when our book came out because i have the insert then <laughs> if if the insert has the character on the cover like the um the the order form that's I funny mean, uh that thing's yeah. going for like a good chunk of change it's mind-boggling what what's hot and what's not you know it's also like I was talking about my wife also read comic she reads comics but like not the big two stuff you know like a lot of indie books but it's like me as a fan, I enjoyed Stray Dogs. You know, I'm not going to poo-poo the book. You know, it's a fun book. Would I sell my copies? Sure. Does, does that mean I don't like them any less? No. It means that you can, it, you like what you like. You know, like, am I going to sell my Kirby FFs? Absolutely not. You know, so it's, yeah. it's kind of like that. It's, it's, I, I'm sure there's some kind of, psychological analysis on comic fans somewhere that i would love to read you know yeah no i'm the same way i mean i i even a lot of times like we have like one of those little community uh lending library things in a park here mm -hmm. right next to my house i mean i a lot of times i'll read like an issue and it, i would imagine it's like not gonna be worth a lot of money so i'll just mm -hmm. like and it's if it's like kid friendly like i'll put it in that yeah yeah, yeah. just like because then i'm like it's not taking up space in my box and I'm not going to like be going through the hassle of trying to resell it. Right. Um, or just bring, bring it back to my college shop and being like here. And he, he'll be like, Oh, I can't give you any money for that though. And I'm like, all right. All right. Just <laughs> like, give you know, it away. I mean, I just have boxes. I have like, you know, just in here, I have like three long boxes and, mm. uh, you know, and I got like tons of other long boxes. So I just like, I have way too much stuff. And like, I do have a connection <laughs> to an awful lot of it um especially oh, yeah. you know kirby ditko you know all that great you know mm -hmm. classic stuff like that's the stuff i think they'll probably hold on to especially yeah um but yeah they, i don't know it, like it's it is a weird thing for me that it's like i know that i don't want to keep this stuff forever but i also want to have it in hard copy yes for sure so that's another thing that's an interesting psychological uh you know thing to explore it really uh, is why why i need to buy the thing if i don't intend to keep it that that's a hundred percent i yeah there's there's kind of there's 
I don't know if there's a little psychosis there. There might be. Sometimes when I come home from the from the comic store and I have like a giant stack, I'm like, what am I doing with some of these books? You know? But then I don't know, you know, and like I'm in the same boat where it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff, I have so many long boxes that I'm organizing. And a lot of the stuff I just want to sell or give away or whatever once it's organized. And then yeah. I'm like, you know what? Like I could probably get these on comicsology for free at some point, just throw them on my iPad and I'll have them. You know, like this is the next evolution of those books I'm getting rid of. They'll still be there, you know, yeah. as long as you have memory on like whatever device or whatever you have, you know, they'll be there. Like I, I know a couple of like one of my buddies, he's just straight digital at this point. He's like, I don't got the room. I don't care. I don't care about reselling them. I don't care about bagging and boarding. I just want the digital book mm -hmm. and that's it. You know, and I'm like, that's cool. There's a good argument for that too. You know, if, if you're, if you're saving space. Yeah. I mean, and like I, a big part of the reason why I still buy physical copies is because a, I mean, and I, this could be the case if I did comiXology, but like, I, I like to support the artists sure. and I, and, and writers. And I, I just, that's a big part of why I, I buy so much mm -hmm. is to support creators. Another reason is that I just like to look at the art. <laughs> And right, like right, the layouts right. and like it's different digitally especially if you use one of the like the you're using the reader and it's like big blown up panel and then you and it's like a close-up on the thing and then you swipe it and then it's the next panel but it's again then you it's like yeah, another yeah. close-up so it kind of like it changes the panel layouts a little bit um so yeah i i don't know i was also just listening to npr yesterday and they mm. had a guy on who wrote an article about spotify and he was talking about uh, basically how you don't own anything on Spotify. Right. And like, if you have a large Spotify collection of things, what happens to it when Spotify dies? Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Like you're massive. Cause you're curated. basically just renting this stuff yeah. from Spotify. You're not, you don't own any of it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I, it, that argument could be had with comiXology. Although they are for the originals, they are doing physical copies as well. That Scott Snyder, Right. announced me yesterday it was pretty huge i'm also a big scott snyder fan so i'm excited about that yeah yeah that's pretty dope um but i think you know like i'm also like i need that tactile sensation too you know like i need to yeah you know, bring my books home I mean, bag and board them lay in bed at night and read them i'm a book guy i like yeah, books. yeah, yeah i like sure. to read i like to touch them i like the smell of them oh anyway, absolutely joe, joe hill if anybody oh right on dude, dude. out there yeah yeah um uh, which uh what yeah, book is I that mean, as 20th century ghosts. Okay. I don't think I read I mentioned that. I was writing a short story, so I've been reading more short stories here and there. That's awesome. I and think I got the Frankenstein of... right up here. I think I have like 10 copies of, of Frankenstein. Oh, yeah? You know, like nice. from different different covers, you know, like it's just, it's one of those things. I do you know? the same thing. I do the same exact thing. I have multiple copies of Frankenstein. I have multiple copies of Dracula. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have multiple copies of I Am Legend. Dude, uh, that's, that's, uh, top three favorite books for me yeah love I, well, I, Math, I, matheson is a big influence on me so really yeah well if you remember the name of the hotel in in fort lahane is the the hotel belasco which is the okay. name of the house in hell house awesome awesome so it's it's a straight reference uh, for, from hell house which is one of my favorite books very cool. that is a scary book if you want to read a good yeah. scary haunted house book read hell house i recommend it i got it behind me somewhere uh i read it once a very long time ago i am legend i must have read it at least like 15 times at this point yeah you know like it used to be like a once a year kind of thing you know um i, I wish i had the time to do that again to 
you know, read something more than once mm. over and over again. Oh, like yeah. I always loved like the stories of Christopher Lee reading Lord of the Rings every year. Oh boy. <laughs> I wish I had the, I wish I had that, you know, in me to, to read Lord of the Rings more than once every year. Uh, but it's, I, it's just, <laughs> I get like halfway through fellowship and then I'll stop. Yeah. Like, that's, and I've read it before. So, I mean, I'm like, ah, I, I read it before. Like I'm good, you know, but I'll it's read tough. sections of it they're big tomes and it's also like i think the thing with fellowship too it's like it takes them 90 pages to get out of the shire you know and it's like yeah in the movie i think it's like nine, and also nine many years <laughs> yeah yeah it's it takes many years it takes everybody's like going back years and forth. or something yeah and like the movies wrap it up in like 10 minutes you know like they're yeah. on the adventure immediately but the book like i love those books you know but they're 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 huge like uh i'm a big uh philip k dick fan and like oh same the only the only books i've read multiple times were uh man of the high castle and flow my tears a policeman said oh dude ubik ubik's awesome scanner darkly's great ubik i love you scanner darkly um i loved it editions but those are awesome man that ubik cover is awesome yeah they're pretty cool um Flow My Tears, I've read a couple of times, and Man of the High Castle, I've read a couple of times. But the other stuff, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever get around to reading the Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, like, again. You, know? <laughs> you, you mean you mean you don't want to read Valis five times? Uh, I, you know what? I do love Valis, but I don't think it'll be 10 years before I read that book again. <laughs> that one's a hard one to get through, though. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I do love Ubik. I think that that's a fantastic approach to a haunted house story um yeah if anybody hasn't read phil k dick they should read phil k dick they definitely need to yeah dude um what are your uh, what are some of your pkd favorites i i would put ubik up there scanner darkly was a big one for mm-hmm. me because i was i was uh newly introduced into los angeles and feeling distant and a stranger and it was a story about a guy who wears somebody else's face on his own okay you know in los angeles so it was like the perfect thing to read at the time so it was like very personal um i don't know i'm not too huge on do android stream i Mm. like it fine uh i like blade runner better which is one of those weird things where it's like the the movie's better than the book in my opinion i like the book though yeah um yeah, Total know. Recall. I, Total I, Recall is better than um, we'll remember it for you. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, uh, have you read Martian Time Slip? Which one was that Martian? Pretty fun. I think I, I think I did. <laughs> There's a it's, I banged a few out last year where I'm like they're they're kind of uh, they're kind of merging. You know. There's there's like a psychic kid who is uh, autistic who can. Mm either see the future or something and and they use him to take advantage of a land grab i believe is what it is if i remember right i have to reread it myself it's been too long and i'm sure i'm butchering the actual story yeah but uh i haven't read that i get that confused there's a the game player's a titan um there's a bunch of other i just finished radio free album booth you know i'm Mm -hmm. trying to get through all 55 of his novels but you know, it's like I again, like you, like you said, I suggest anybody who's watching this pick up any Philip K. Dick book and start reading it because they're pretty fantastic and very melancholy yeah. too. Yeah, 
yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I and he's definitely a troubled human being. So if you mm-hmm. if you if you're interested in his books, I also recommend reading a biography on him as well. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. Very interesting human being, especially the last half of his life where he he had a, a religious experience while at the dentist. Yeah. Um, very funny, but also very intriguing. Um, are you a Stephen King fan? Because I've mentioned Stephen King an awful lot, and I I've. I, I am a Stephen King fan. I have I will be honest with you and you're gonna hate me. I have never gotten fully through one of Steve, the closest I come to finishing a book was Needful Things. Okay. Well it's that's a, a long lot. one to try to get. Yeah, it's a lot. But like give me your he, recommendations. he writes he writes long, long books. I yeah. I mean I would say Salem's lot. I like The okay. Shining a lot. I those two are pretty slim as well. Mm. I would say I would recommend those. Um my introduction to Stephen King was actually in a short story collection called Skeleton Crew. Okay. Um, and that one is, I, if like it's like a smorgasbord of just like sci-fi and horror and just suspense, and mm. it's it's very good and it's got the mist in it as well. Um, oh, cool! Which is a great story, which is a, like a novella, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'm working through Lisey's story right now because they have mm-hmm. the Apple TV show and I want to watch that because it sounds pretty good. Oh, cool. I'm like, well, I got to read the book first. So I'm like working through it. I'm almost finished. But yeah, I actually read, so they premiered, the, I think this is where they start, They showed it first, um, mm-hmm. showed it first, where they debuted it, was in this Michael Shabon collection, uh, oh. a mammoth collection from McSweeney's. Mm-hmm. He, he did two of them but anyway they had this story called Lisey and the Madman mm-hmm. which is a short story by Stephen King and I did not like it that much I, I liked everything in it until that he started doing his Stephen King thing which you know we all love him for but like at the same time it's like this wasn't in the story that he wrote mm-hmm. you know it's about this uh, woman whose husband is shot he's a writer he's famous he's mm-hmm. shot at a, at a ribbon cutting ceremony for a library and it's this great suspenseful scene of what this wife is going through as her husband is dying in her arms. And then he goes, you know, something like, uh, but the monsters that uh, he used to talk about were real. And I'm like, Stephen, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? But I'm, I got to tell you, I'm, you know, 400 pages into this 500 page novel. It works a hell of a lot better in the novel. I would oh, say yeah. it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. It, all something you know like his short stories from way back when are great and concise and i feel like he he could still write a hell of a short story but i feel uh, like he sometimes uh he needs the space to fill out okay. the ideas um yeah so i feel like it definitely works much much better in, in novel form um so he's he's one of those dudes where i love most stephen king movies uh, I think because we, we ended up growing up with them. And, you know, like even the new stuff. Well, I that's did. the thing. I feel like you can almost trade the books for the movies at a certain point because there's so many of them. Yeah. And then also, um, um, he's he's such a personality. And I, it's it's weird, too, because, like, I have a hard time getting through a Stephen King book, but I will do all sorts of Stephen King research and get completely blown away by it. You know, like, yeah. with, like, all that stuff with, I think, I'm not, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, since you're the fan here, where the entities in It and Dark Tower are kind of like the creators of that whole universe. Yeah. Right? Like, am I right about that? 
Yeah, without getting too uh, spoilery, but yes. Right, right. Like, and that, is... and that's that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I absolutely love about it. You know, I mean, even in the newest novel that he came out with, called Later, there's oh. like an an it connection in that. Okay. Um, the the ritual of Chud comes back. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, there's certain things that I just I love about Stephen King that are also like me like rolling my eyes a little bit. You know, it's it's almost at a certain point, like when you read enough of a person's work, they almost become like this shadow friend. Okay. You know, sure. um, and he's somebody who I, he always has people laugh at inappropriate times, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a thing that human beings do. Um, and he'll he'll just like have them cackle. And, but like, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think of other things that he does, but I can't remember now off the top of my head. I'm sure as soon as we get off, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. think of them. But yeah, that's one of the things that he does a lot. It just has people laugh in inopportune times. You're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, I would also recommend reading it. It's a very long book, yeah. but it's a very good book. It's also, I like to say that it's got his best instincts and his worst instincts because it's okay. like, it's got some of his greatest stuff. And then it's also got some of the stuff that he might, people might consider his failings but it, okay. it, it makes it like an even more rich experience for a reader i would argue did you like the no pun di- intended rich <laughs> <laughs> did you like the dark tower marvel adaptation i never read it okay never read it yeah i probably it- should i should get on it if i want to be a completist i should read it yeah that's only because the art like jay lee does the art it's beautiful you know it's like i've seen it i yeah i remember it coming out too and i remember it looking fantastic um yeah i don't know it sort of was weird to me that it was i don't know it was almost like i wasn't sure if it was canon in my brain you know when it was coming Uh out that it's like a weird thing where it's like it once you branch out of book into comic or into movie or whatever is it still considered canon is it still the same Mm. thing is it still connected i don't know yeah but that that was at the time when it was coming out Mm. um because i'm old enough to remember when it was coming out i guess yeah isn't that fascinating how like we get there's so like stephen king's a good example of like you know he's apart from like superhero flicks like his stuff is the the it's become the hot commodity again you know, in the last couple of years, you had like the It movies, you had uh, yeah. the uh, Doctor Sleep, sort of, right? Uh, yeah, it, another Pet that Cemetery. was really interesting. That was a really interesting movie because mm. uh, it's it's like okay, did you ever see two thousand? Are you a Stanley Kubrick fan? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so two thousand one is obviously one of the great movies of all time. Mm. Two thousand ten, made by Peter Hyams. Right. Not one of the greatest movies of all time. Right. And it's a weird adaptation where it's like an adaptation of the book, mm-hmm. 2010, and also taking elements from 2001, the book, but also having it be a sequel to the movie, 2001. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird thing that takes from both the book and the movie, which are very different. Right. Doctor Sleep is exactly the same way, where okay. it's, it's like 2010, where it's a sequel to the movie, but it also includes things from the book um so it and so in a way i feel like i stephen king i think said at the time when it came out that it was like it saved the movie for him okay um which i don't know 
that's true or not. And I, you know, they're very different beasts. I love them both. I love both the book and the movie. I have, I have no problem with watching the movie mm-hmm. and saying, oh, this is The Shining, but this is Stanley Kubrick Shining versus Stephen King Shining. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have a problem saying that. Yeah, I feel um, like th- that movie specifically, like, I love The Shining. I think The Shining's like, The Shining's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like top five, top 10. Um, yeah. And I know Stephen King had a problem with it. And then they did the made for TV one, which I don't think he had too much of a problem with. Well, no, he wrote it. Yeah. Executive produced it. Yeah. No, he loved it. Yeah. So like, and I think I want to say uh, Tim Daly. Was it Tim Daly? No, it was the other guy from Wings. Um, I forgot uh, his name. Stephen Weber. I think yes. His name. Stephen Weber was, he was the main character in it. But this like, is my special power. He just know, ability. know all Stephen King stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also just like movies and I like I know stupid trivia from okay. like dumb things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, let's let's wrap this up in a couple of minutes. Uh, All right. <laughs> I don't even up, know what time it is. It's one twenty-three. I've taken up so much of your time, Chris. Uh, I appreciate. No, it. you're good. So uh, last time I don't have I don't have a uh, I don't have a supplemental question to my sandwich question. Last time I asked you what the sandwich of your dreams was. And I'm thinking of something else, but like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for for another day. Um, that Texas Blood issue eight comes out this week. I hope you guys pick it up. Uh, what can we expect going forward with the series? Uh, you should expect that uh, we're going to continue to explore the county in different time, uh, different times, and uh, in different ways, and with different characters. And uh, we'll still continue to see Joe Bob throughout. Um, and in this arc in particular, uh, expect things to sort of trend towards the, the strange, I guess, is what I'll say. Is this building up to, like, you mentioned your short story before, is this building up to, like, like some, some kind of manifestation of horror writing in the future from you? Possibly. Okay. I don't want to... Okay. I don't want to throw out too much, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we've, there's, there's certain people that have read the, the, the pitch. I put the pitch up on our Patreon. If, if people want to check out our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Condon Phillips, it's both me and Jacob. Uh, we share duties. Um, I have a podcast on there myself. Um, I'm actually working on editing a podcast. I just recorded with Dan Waters who wrote uh, homesick pilots and uh, Lucifer and, tons of other very comic books uh, but yeah I, we posted up the pitch on there and uh i took took it down and like edited out a couple like things that i was like oh those could be like spoilers later on but a couple people saw it <laughs> and so they know where it's going okay. uh but yeah let's let's i mean i think that crime and horror go hand in hand anyway i i do believe that i think 100 yeah, absolutely. Um, were you a fan of uh, True Detective, at least the first season? Yes. I actually like the third season a lot, too. Third season's awesome. Second season's kind of a, kind of a dud for me. Yes, um, we'll but forget I, that one. I know. I enjoyed, uh, I really loved um, Mahershala Ali in that third season, man. That was... Yeah, no, he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, where can, again, where can everybody find you, Chris? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram, at Christoph Condon, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H, Christoph um you can also again find us on patreon awesome dude thank you so much for coming on and bullshitting with me for over an hour (laughs) i I, I appreciate it man Yeah, no problem (laughs) happy to be here thanks dude
guys, I can't thank Chris enough for coming on again. The dude is awesome. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I appreciate the time you took out to talk to me. And I also appreciate the extra 30 minutes that we BS'd after the show about comics and all that good stuff. And if you guys like comics, you're probably watching this show. And I appreciate that too. Guys, hit that subscribe button. Uh, BTC Rich X here. You can find me at BTC Rich on Twitter. And that's pretty much it. That's the, Those are the only places that you can find me. And you can find me roaming the streets of Flushing much like the nanny, as I mentioned before. Anyway, guys, here are my books of the week and an outfit change. Bam, outfit change. Guys, my book of the week is That Texas Blood Number 8. And not just because Chris was on, but because it was a fantastic book and I loved it. It was uh, it always makes it to the top of my stack. Uh, this book picks up after issue number seven. We're getting a murder mystery. We're getting satanic cults. We're getting some cool cop shit happening down south. Uh, we're getting a playlist as a supplemental. We're getting supplemental information about the characters, the county, um, all the extra stuff you want to know about the comic book. Uh, I highly suggest to read it cover to cover. Uh, it's such a fantastic book. Guys, go pick up the first trade, uh, collecting issues one through six. Uh, issue number seven came out last month. Issue number eight came out this week. Uh, there's still time, guys. And uh, this, this book looks like it's going to be going on for a while. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Chris has an open invite to uh, be on the show anytime he wants. And I, again, I really appreciate it. Guys, you can subscribe to this channel at BTC Rich X. Please gently touch that touch that subscribe button. You can find me on Twitter at uh, BTC Rich. I'd love to hear your comments. Um, let's get this show going. The RSS feed should be up soon. We're going to be uh, all over the uh, the audio platform soon, not just video. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Again, my name is Rich, and I'll see you next week, baby. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.